0: Have you struggled to get everything done? Have you looked for every trick to be more productive? How much do you really understand about how productivity really works? This is Success Road, a podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life and then take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success. In this season of the podcast, we'll be exploring the nature of productivity so that you can actually gain back your time and energy, making a difference in both your personal and professional lives. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey. Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, the amount of information we can get from people is astounding. And most of it is pretty useless. If you want to accelerate your learning, you need to surround yourself with the right people, the people who will help you accelerate the ladder of success and not failure. It might seem pretty intense, but it's not impossible. All you have to do is get started. Our guest today is Jeff Woods, who was a former medical sales representative. In 2015, he started the Mentee podcast because he wanted to start a business that will deliver massive impact on society. Later, he joined Gary Keller and Jay Papazan in building the company around the one thing. Now, he joins us on the podcast today to talk about the one thing, specifically how the one thing can be the simple truth behind extraordinary results. We're going to look at the first step that you can be able to take, how you can be able to enjoy the climb, the importance of time over money, and we're going to definitely spend a good amount of time talking about the domino effect as well as the seven circles to be able to figure out what it is that is your one thing and how you can be able to get past that wall of i don't know to figure out your one thing. So we got a lot of great things to be able to cover in this episode and I'm excited to be able to share this conversation that I had with Jeff Woods. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I I really love being able to see your journey and One of the things that I noticed, at least from my perspective, one of the things that really made a big difference in your life is when you started the Mentee Podcast back in January of 2015, and it seems like that was a big pivotal change in your life. But I know there was pivotal changes that led to that. So what caused you to want to start that podcast in the first place? Sure. So at the time in my life, I was in medical device sales,
1: which was a great job. I mean, I got to wake up every day running through hospitals, selling a device that actually saved lives. It was a great job. The problem was, Josh, I I was waking up every day. And even though I was happy doing what I was doing, I wasn't fulfilled. I think a lot of people who are listening to this know what it feels like to know that you're meant for more and know that you're not even coming close to scratching your potential. For me, that feeling as a high achiever whose number one core value is growth, that was actually painful. Knowing that, okay, I am meant for more. I am not reaching my potential. That was painful for me. Problem was, I didn't know what to do. I knew deep down I wanted to start a business that would make a massive impact in the world and deliver real security for my family. But every day I was wearing these really comfy golden handcuffs. And the idea of just quitting a, quote, secure job didn't seem like the right thing to do. Two things happened that changed that. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke when he was 35. At the time, my wife and I had just bought a house in Orange County. We just had our first child and my wife made the decision to become a stay-at-home mom. And as the sole provider of the household, I remember standing in my kitchen wondering, holy smokes, if what happened to my colleague had happened to me, what would happen to my family? That was really unsettling. And the very next week, my company needed to make a change to our commission structure to remain competitive in the marketplace. And overnight, I lost 40% of my income. You put those two things together. And suddenly, I no longer looked at my, quote, secure job is a secure job? It wasn't secure. They just took away forty percent of my income. I am not in control. That's not secure. And over the series of months, we had made the mistake that a lot of people listening to this are probably making right now, which is they let their lifestyle rise to meet their income. We had let our lifestyle rise to meet our income, and when our income went down, our lifestyle didn't just automatically change with it. And month after month after month, we're hemorrhaging cash. Thankfully, we had an emergency fund, but the emergency, we get to the point that that account is almost at zero. And now I'm freaking out. And that's when I'm hearing the Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I did something, Josh, that most people don't do when they hear that quote. I actually grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and I wrote down the names of the five people I spend the most time with. And when I looked at that list, I was overwhelmed with gratitude. These are amazing friends, people I always want to be in my life. But then this light bulb moment went off, which was I have five amazing friends. What I don't have yet are five amazing mentors. People who are where I want to be, who can reach back, grab my hand, and help accelerate my journey to getting where I want to go in my life. That just that became my one thing at the time. How do I upgrade my five? How do I find amazing mentors? You yeah, fast forward because I was focused on that. I suddenly had amazing mentors in my life. And somebody looked at me and said, dude, you should start a podcast. Just record the private conversations you're having with these people. And I went, okay, that's a great idea. And that's where the idea of the mentee came from. It was, how can I help other people go on the journey of upgrading their five and document my journey of hopefully going from employee to entrepreneur? Little did I know that that journey would only take me 10 months.
0: Yeah. So that leads us to you being able to get in the same room as Jay Papazan And that connection obviously led to where you are now running the one thing company. And so kind of explain how that all took place and the process that that got you to realize that you were the person
1: that he needed. It was our national sales meeting. This is shortly after I launched the mentee and Jay walks out on stage as the keynote speaker. And he's talking about The One Thing. For those of you who are not familiar, The One Thing, it started as a business book published in 2013. It's the highest rated business book of all time. If you've not read it, it is the highest rated business book of all time. Like if you can only read one book, go read it. Yes. Jay was speaking about why The One Thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results and how Gary Keller lived these principles to build Keller Williams from a small little real estate company in Austin to the number one real estate company in the world. And they're the co-authors. Gary and Jay wrote it together. And the whole time, Josh, I'm sitting in the audience wondering, what would my life look like if a guy like Jay or a guy like Gary were one of my five? That got me so excited. But then of course, my logical mind took over and went, dude, you're crazy. What could you possibly say to him to make him interested in you? What could you give him to make it worth his time to sit down and talk to you? And when he finished speaking, entire company erupts out of their chairs, standing ovation. We're talking over a thousand people and everybody sat down. And I found myself standing. I was the only person in the room of over a thousand people standing. And in my mind, my mind was saying, Jeff, just sit down. But there was something deep inside me that was pulling me in a different direction that was saying, Jeff, run. And before you know it, I am literally sprinting down the side of the ballroom because I know I've got to be the first person to talk to Jay. And when I approached him, I kind of winged this, but I went, Jay, um, my name's Jeff Woods. First and foremost, thank you. I have been at this crossroads in my life, and your talk was so inspiring to me. Out of everything that you and Gary are focusing on right now, where do you need help most? How might I be able to help you? Now, pay attention to that language. The reason I knew to ask that question is because as I started surrounding myself with people who are where I wanted to be, I noticed that the most successful people showed up in the room looking to give, not looking to get. And the most successful people would always ask you, what are you focusing on? How might I be able to help you? Which shocked me. So I started modeling people who are where I wanted to be. That's where that question came from. And Jay looked at me totally surprised and went, well, we're always looking for more exposure for the book. He had no idea that I was hosting the mentee at the time and it was in the top 20% of all podcasts in the world. And so I told him about the mentee and he's like, oh my gosh, I would love to do an interview. And I'm like, score. And so we did the interview. At the end of the interview, I asked him, what are you focusing on? How might I be able to help? And he said, we're looking for more exposure. I said, well, I happen to have relationships with some of the top podcasters in the world. Can I make intros and get you on their shows? He was like, are you for real? Absolutely. And so I made the intros. I circled back a month later. What are you focusing on? How might I be able to help? We're looking for more exposure. He had no idea I was writing for entrepreneur.com at the time, which I started writing for them strategically as a reason to ha- to, to reach out to people that I wouldn't have a reason to reach out to otherwise very strategic. And so I wrote an article on Entrepreneur, published it without even telling him. And I started posting on social and tagging him and Gary. And I started to notice Jay commenting and resharing all of my posts. And so I commented back to him, what are you focusing on? How might I be able to help? The fourth time in a row, I've asked how I can bring value. Zero times have I asked for anything in return because I genuinely just wanted to help. And he said, we're actually looking for a CEO for a publishing company. And when he said that, Josh, the names of three gentlemen came to my mind. And I said to him, I actually know three people that might be a good fit, but I'm not clear on what the job description is. Why don't you and I have a quick chat and then I can make the right intro. You fast forward, I'm driving back from a day of calling on hospitals. I pull into my driveway, park the car and Jay and I are on the phone he's describing who they're looking for. And Josh, I am completely shocked because he doesn't describe the three people that I was thinking of. He described me and the rest is history.
0: That must've been, I remember you sharing that. I remember you sharing about that conversation on the mentee when that took place and episode 57. Yeah. There was just like in your voice and you just kind of tell like, man, this is like this light bulb went on and it's like, dude, this is what I've been waiting for. So And what you're referring to, because this is really cool.
1: Again, the spirit of the mentee was to help other people upgrade their five while documenting my journey of going from employee to entrepreneur. When Jay and I hung up that phone, I was shocked. And I ran into my house, told my wife, first words out of my mouth were, I just had a conversation. I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up moving to Texas. And she just looks at me and she goes, excuse me? And I said, hold on. And I ran to my office and grabbed my microphone because I knew this was a defining moment in my life. And I just had to document it. And that audio is in episode 57. What's cool about episode 57 is I literally documented from that moment to me resigning from my job, like right before I'm about to go in and tell my boss to right after I told my boss to my family and I on November 1st, 2015, getting on an airplane on a one-way trip, from Orange County to Austin, Texas to co-found this company.
0: Yeah, that's just a, an incredible thing. And it's mind-boggling to be able to see that take place and to be able to think about it. And sometimes it could be hard for us to be able to imagine that for our own lives, though because we see our day in, day out. It's like, well, yeah, that happened for him because, I mean, look at him, he's Jeff Woods. And it's like, well, how can I be able to do that in my life? And it's easy for- It's exactly
1: where my, my, my mindset was seven years ago. It's exactly how I was thinking seven years ago, driving from hospital to hospital, knowing I was meant for more. Listening to all these podcasts, putting these people on a pedestal saying, look at how successful they are. I wish I could just be like them. Sure, it happened to them. They're this person. And wanting it for myself so bad badly and not seeing the clear path. What I now know that I didn't know then is just because you don't see the clear path on how to go from where you are to where you want to be doesn't mean that you can't take the first step. The thing that I did looking back on it that I don't think a lot of people do is I really made a commitment to going on the journey. I focused less on the destination and more on the journey. What's the next step I can take? I can start listening to podcasts. What's the next step I can take? I can start surrounding myself with the right mentors. What's the next step I can take? I can just start a podcast recording these conversations, that'll bring value to a lot of people and document my journey. Let's see where it goes. Let's take the next step. Can I just be the type of person that when I sit down with any individual, I ask myself, where might this person need help? Because if I knock that domino down, I'm more likely to actually ask them where they need help. And if they tell me where they need help, I'm more likely to bring value to people. And if I bring value to people, more likely good things will come my way. And I kept knocking those dominoes down one after time over time. And this opportunity was created. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, like before you and I pressed record, how you said it's been so fun to watch Journey. And I say, like, I have so many thoughts on this. In many ways, I am still looking ahead at the person that I think I can become today is different than the person I thought I could become in the past. My vision, how much bigger I think is remarkably different. I think so much bigger in terms of what's possible for my life now. And I'm still looking ahead and putting other people on a pedestal. And I still at times feel imposter syndrome. I'm just playing at a bigger level now. But the thing that's so interesting is in many ways, I look back on the days when I was in medical sales, wanting to start my own business, kind of miss the climb, that climb up the mountain. You hate it when you're in the middle of it, but I look back on it and it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the reason I'm sharing this is because now I'm in my next climb. I'm climbing an entirely different mountain right now with our business and what we're trying to do. And I'm at least enjoying the climb. I'm not hating on the fact that I'm not where I think I want to be in the next phase of my life. I'm at least enjoying the climb along the way. The reason I'm sharing this with you is enjoy the climb.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where the value is. Stop focusing on the destination that you want and start celebrating the journey. It's a lot more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's one question I have. I'm curious about when you saw Jay on that stage, was that the first time that you heard about the one thing? Yes. So I'm curious though, because, and obviously your language since then, as you're retelling your story is probably different now than what it was back then, but you were modeling in at least in a couple ways, the principles of the one thing even before that. Exactly.
1: There are several principles of the one thing that I was living, but unaware that there was actually a model and a framework for what I was doing. That was me just going, okay, <laughs> I don't know what the heck kind of company I want to start. I don't know who I want to become when I grow up, but I know that one thing I can do right now is surround myself with mentors. Yeah. And the one thing I can do to make that happen is to get in the room with successful people. And when I was in the room with successful people, all the successful people showed up looking to give instead of looking to get. And I said, okay, well, the one thing I can do is I can ask myself, where might this person need help? Because that'll make me more likely to actually ask them. And then everything else will hopefully come back to me in spades and worked out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously, the principle works whether you're actually using the terminology, the one thing or all the different things and all. So I think that's important, though, because there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this right now that they might be implementing some of these things, not necessarily intentionally, not even knowing it, but. Once you learn it, you know it. you start implementing, you become focused, you get that clarity and things like that. Yeah. So what I want to do is be able to kind of turn this a little bit more, make it more practical now. So you've alluded to it and you've said it, but let's dive into it. So what is the focus in question and what does that actually mean for us?
1: Well, before we get to the focus in question, let's talk about what the heck the one thing is. Yes. It's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And we're in the business of time. It's our most valuable resource. And there's a problem that most people listening to this have, and it's that they're spending their time. The reason that's a problem is they're not investing it. They wake up every day, they fire up their computers, and what's the first thing they check, Josh? Email. Till they go to their very first meeting or work, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Meeting. You get out of your <laughs> first meeting, you have five minutes. So you check your email again. <laughs> yep. Or social. And then somebody texts you, calls you, swings by, and asks, hey, you got a minute? And because you're a team player, you say, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And you fast forward to the end of the day, knowing you were really busy and deep down questioning if you got anything done. The majority of people on this planet spend their time, which is more valuable, time or money? Time for sure. Yeah. Yet Mm -hmm. we don't hold our time to the same standard we hold our dollars to. Most people listening to this have invested money. They've bought a stock or a mutual fund or real estate. And you expect that money to deliver a return. All we do is we teach individuals, teams, and organizations how to actually start investing their time by getting clarity on the things that matter most and making sure that they have time on their calendar to accomplish the most important things. That is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Get clear on the most important thing, do it first, the end. So in order to identify what your one thing is, that brings us to the focusing question, which is... What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. If we really break this down, simple, it's one thing, not two things, not three things. You get to pick one and it's got to be one thing I can do. This is important. We're really good at identifying the thing we should do. We'll feel guilty if we don't do it feel like other people expect us to do it but is it really one thing you can do is it a 2 inch domino that is so small that effortlessly with the flick of a finger it falls what's the one thing i can do such that by doing it means you don't get to just talk the talk you actually have to walk the walk because the dominoes are lined up everything else will be easier or unnecessary mm-hmm. so real example i know that i want to start a business that can make a massive impact in the world and deliver real security for my family Well, I don't know what kind of business I want to start or even how to start a business. So the one thing I can do that would make that easier, surround myself with mentors. The one thing I can do that would make that easier was get in the room with successful people. And when I was in the room with successful people, you have to know how to talk to these people. And I saw them all, all the successful people at least asking, where do you need help? So the one thing I could do is to start asking every person, where do you need help? And the one thing I could do that would make it easier for me to ask that question was for me to ask myself. Where might this person need help? Because in any conversation, if I just asked myself that question by knocking that domino down, it automatically got me up to knock the next domino down of asking them the question. And by knocking that domino down, it stood me up because I received the answer, which put me in the position to either deliver it myself, make a connection to somebody who might be able to deliver it. Or if I'm not the person and I don't know the person, I could scout for them and keep an eye out. That's what happened with Jay. All of this happened because I started by asking myself the question, where might this person need help right now? Mm-hmm. The rest is history.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned there about the dominoes, lining them up. You mentioned two inch domino. Yeah. So go in and explain real quick the domino effect. Sure.
1: There In the book, there's this
0: idea of the domino effect.
1: And moral of the story is the path to getting everything you want in life, personally and professionally, starts by getting one thing at a time. And dominoes are a great example of this. Uh, Back in 2009, there was a group out of the Netherlands, Ouija Domino Productions. They broke the world record for domino falls. They lined up 4.5 million dominoes, which is crazy. I mean, all of us listening to this have lined up dominoes before in our life. None of us lined up 4.5 million. (laughs) Now, the most amazing part was not that they lined up 4.5 million dominoes. The most amazing part was that when the leader of that group knocked the first one down, which do me a favor, you're listening to this, hold up your hand. On the count of three, we're gonna knock the first domino down. One, two, three. How much effort did that take, Josh? Very, very little, almost none. Yeah, it's almost effortless. By taking that effortless action, if you were that leader, you would have just unleashed 94,000 joules of energy. Put that into context, if you were to drop and do 545 consecutive pushups, that's how much energy you would release. So think about it. The flick of a finger, which you just did, that one subtle action could create a massive reaction. In 1983, there was a researcher named Lauren Whitehead who published in the American Journal of Physics. He found that a two-inch domino did not just knock one down of equal size. It could actually go 50% larger. So two knocks over three, three knocks over four and a half. And what's interesting is by the 18th domino, just 18 dominoes in, you could knock down the Leaning Tower of Pisa. By the 23rd domino, you could knock down the Eiffel Tower. By the 31st domino, you would be 3,000 feet above Mount Everest, the tallest peak in the world. And by just the 57th domino, you could build a structure that would reach almost from the earth to the moon. Small actions can unleash massive reactions. And if you, when you graph this out, it's that hockey stick growth where it feels like you're moving forward, not making much progress. And suddenly, boom, it's just exponential. This is the shape of success. Anything that we want in our life happens over time. You look at somebody who's built wealth, they built it over time. You look at somebody who's in shape, they got there over time. You look at great marriages and relationships, they were developed over time. The key is over time. The problem is people are not good at thinking big, but going small and trusting the dominoes will fall. So when we talk about the domino effect, it's about thinking big, casting a big vision for your life, and starting by going small, identifying that one two-inch domino that if day after day after day, over time, you knock it down, you unleash extraordinary results in your life. And you can aim this at any area of your life because I know people are listening Is going, but I have more than one thing. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast. We all do. <laughs> You can have a one thing for your spirituality. You can have a one thing for your physical health. You could have a one thing for your personal life, your job, your business, your finances, relationships. It's just one thing at a time.
0: So how does someone be able to identify what that lead domino is? Because sure. they have this plan. It's like, this is where I want to be, or this is where I believe I need to end up. We have a, a very simple exercise
1: on page 114 of the one thing. There's the seven circles, which if you also go to the one that's with the number one in the URL, we have a free stuff page where you can get downloads from the book. We have this PDF of the seven circles. It's the seven most important areas of your life. It's your spirituality because every single one of us at some point is going to wonder why we're here. Your physical health, because if you don't have your body, where are you going to live? You have your personal life, like your hobbies, the things you do for yourself personally. You have your job, your specific role in the organization. And if you're a solo entrepreneur, you still have a job in the business. Then you have a one thing for the business that you're a part of overall. And again, if you're a solo entrepreneur, your one thing for your job might be different than the one thing for the business overall. It's about knowing the difference between the two. And if you're an employee, you have a job and you're a part of a business. What's your one thing for your job? And what's the one thing for the business overall? And then we have our finances. Spirituality, physical health, personal life, key relationships, job, business, finances. You start... By picking, guess how many circles to focus on? Probably three. That'd probably be good. (laughs) Yeah, right, right? Um, One. (laughs) Jay asked me, what's the title of the book, Jeff? Yeah, it's one. And this is hard (laughs) for people because they feel like they want to focus on all of them. But again, the path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. Think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. Start by picking one circle to start. Pick one. It could be a circle that you are Really struggling that you want to transform. You might be doing okay and you want to top grade it, or it could be a circle that you are crushing it and you want to top, you want to like maximize that strength. Pick one. You then ask the question What's the one thing I can do for my spirituality, such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Or what's the one thing I can do for my physical health, such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Now, here's the thing most people, when they ask that question, they're going to hit a wall called I don't know understand that if you ever think, I don't know, that's just where your mind currently stops searching. Now give yourself permission to keep searching. You'll come up with an answer and recognize that that answer is probably not the one thing. It's not the lead domino. It's not the two inch domino. It's probably still too big. So you ask the question again, what's the one thing I can do that would make doing that easier or unnecessary? Arrive at an answer. And then ask it again, what's the one thing I can do that would make doing that easier unnecessary? And you will keep asking the question until you arrive at something that is so small that effortlessly it will fall. It'll almost feel like it's cheating when you answer it. You'll go, I can do that. That's when you know it's a lead domino. So I'll give you an example for health. Um, What's the one thing you can do for your physical health? I can exercise five days a week. That's my one thing. No, it's not, too big. What's the one thing you can do that would make exercising five days a week easier or unnecessary? I could wake up at 5.30 a.m. That's my one thing. Mm-mm. No, it's not because if it was the thing you can do, you'd already be doing it. So what's the one thing you can do that would make getting up at 5.30 easier or unnecessary? I can go to bed at 10 p.m. That's my one thing. mm got to go smaller because otherwise you'd already be doing it. What's the one thing you could do that would make going to bed at 10 p.m. easier or unnecessary? I can turn the TV off by 9 p.m. Dink. That's a lead domino. So think big. I'm going to transform my health. Go small. Turn the TV off at 9 p.m. And trust that the dominoes will fall. That by turning the TV off at 9, you'll be in bed by 10. And by being in bed by 10, you'll be up at 5.30. And by being up at 5.30, you'll actually exercise. And by exercising consistently five days a week, you will transform your health. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like.
0: Yeah. And of course, you made that seem so easy because- surprisingly,
1: <laughs> surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Everything that you hear is simple, does not mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know how to ask themselves those questions and search for those answers. That, it's like going to the gym for the first time. You gotta You got to curl some weights for a decent amount of time before you bump the weights up and you get the strength that you want. Same thing here.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I I love that. I love that. And so there's obviously a lot more that we can be able to get into. We're just kind of scratching the surface of all these things, but I want to end with this. So what is one thing that the listener can be able to do to be able to get started?
1: This is the exact question that Gary and Jay asked when they were writing the book. Most authors, if you flip the book over and look at the back cover, it's a bunch of testimonials from other well-known celebrities and authors. And Gary and Jay said, you know, when we want some, when somebody finishes this book, the one thing we want them to do is ask the question, what's my one thing? And so you don't see testimonials on the back of the one thing. You see a giant question mark. And the little dot at the base of the question mark says, what's my one thing? This is all about, or it says, what's your one thing? If you could only take one thing away from this conversation, it would be that unlike every other podcast episode, you don't just skip to the next one, or you don't just run into your next commitment. You actually pause and ask yourself the question, what is my one thing? And just start searching for the answer. If you hit the wall of, I don't know, ask it again and give yourself permission to search. I promise you will come up with an answer and then play the game. Is it small enough? What's one thing I can do that would make doing that easier? And acknowledge you're going to have more than one thing in your life, but it's one thing at a time. By asking that question and asking it habitually, that is actually the success habit which is almost the, was almost the title of the book. They almost titled it The Success Habit instead of The One Thing. But becoming the type of person who every day asks, what's my one thing today? You will become the type of person who has clarity on the one thing that matters most that day. And by becoming the type of person who is clear on their one thing every day, you will become the type of person who does their one thing every day. And let me ask you this, Josh, what would be possible in your life if every day you had clarity on your one thing and you did it. It's so, it's so extraordinary, you can't even fathom it. Anything you want becomes possible when you're clear on what
0: matters most and you do what matters most. So start by asking the question, what's your one thing? I think that circles back to where we started in this conversation, because that advice that you gave right there, asking yourself, what is the one thing and actually doing, you mentioned there about not just skipping to the next thing, but actually pausing and doing the exercise. That's where you were at the beginning. Everyone Uh else was just, oh, that's a great book. They move on. They stood up, they applause, they sat down, you took action. And that right there, whether or not you take action
1: is the difference between investing your time and spending your time. If you choose not to ask yourself the question, then this episode was an expense. You're not holding it accountable to delivering a return. Yet if you ask, actually pause the episode and ask what is my one thing and search for the answer, you are holding this time accountable to delivering a return, which makes it an investment. Surprisingly
0: simple. Now the question is, will you be the type of person who takes action? I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. So appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Josh. If you want to get to the show notes for today's episode, you can either swipe over your podcast app or you can go to successroadpodcast.com. Please share this with anyone you think needs this information, and I'll look forward to talking with you in the next episode. God bless.